Welcome to DT Madness, Chronicles from the Third Life, Episode 6, May 8th, 2022. So glad you could make it. Happy Mother's Day to all who celebrate. Greetings from the nook to wherever you are. My attention these past few days has been consumed with the state uh, high school tennis tournament. My kid uh, made it to the final four of the state, him and his doubles partner. So that was something else. Um, So I may be uh, rambling a bit more than usual, freestyling a little bit. I'll do my best to keep it around the 30-minute mark, as has been the previous five episodes, but we shall see. Podbean allows me up to 90 minutes, so see how that goes. I don't intend to make this podcast, DT Madness, all about teaching, but it is what I do, so um, it's going to figure in directly and indirectly quite often, I suppose. This past semester... Um, my fourth period civics class, I, I actually gave up my planning period. I, I sold out. Um, I'm getting paid for it, which is pretty sweet. Um, but uh, I gave up my planning period, so I'm teaching all day. I gave it up for a variety of reasons. They needed me to, just like uh, pretty much everywhere. We're dealing with a, a teacher crunch, a teacher shortage. The, the pandemic really put a strain on the teaching profession, as it did on many others. Um, Another reason was my kid is in that class, Sam, um, and you know it, the classes he was in in tenth grade. Uh, he was in two of my classes, AP Psych and AP Government, and those got cut short uh, March the thirteenth due to the shutdowns. And so it was pretty cool knowing that I'd get to have my kid one more time, um, and maybe. The, the biggest reason is I, I get bored um, sitting around in the planning period. I, I, I just get bored. And I don't know if that's something I should say as a teacher. I, uh, I'm just able to plan and do those kinds of things in my mind. I, I don't. Um, and so it's good for me to have the variety I'm teaching. I basically have five different preps anyway, like I said, rambling. Um, but the, the thing about teaching that civics class, it's, we're in a transitionary period in North Carolina where we're changing up the social studies standards. And so in that in-between time, there is not a state test. I don't know if we'll go back to a state test. And honestly, the standards are kind of up in the air at this moment. And so I have a lot of freedom, a lot of flexibility uh, to teach this class. And, And as well, because these standards have been changing around, we're in the process of realigning where we teach that um, what what year we teach civics. And so um, this class in particular is made up of all different grade levels. There's a, a good handful of seniors as well as a handful of freshmen. So I honestly didn't want those two groups to really be together. There's a huge difference between, you know, 14-year-olds and 18-year-olds, um, freshmen and seniors. and um, so the classroom right across the hall from me 
was empty and and I I got the uh, go ahead to to split the class up and so I kind of walked back and forth all day long and and it's a civics class and so uh, we split it up into the house and the senate side uh, I let them create their own class constitution um, we we decided who got to be in the senate how that was going to be determined you know w- what the class process was going to be like all that stuff happened on the first couple days and so it it is kind of an experiment you know um in a way and the four things that the four um, guiding principles i guess that i have been working with in designing this class are agency creativity cooperation and metacognition Um, just a little bit about each of those agency um you know I, i want them to believe in their ability i want them to have self efficacy but I want them to feel like they have control over their product, over um, over the over the course. You know, I want them to feel like it's not just hands on, but but that they have responsibility, agency, um, creativity is what it sounds like it is, and that's tricky. You know, in a in a class full of high school kids in any class full of high school kids, but some are going to be openly creative with, with drawing skills or musical skills or whatever. And, and so, you know, as a teacher, it's, it's fun to try to find the levels of creativity, but I, I think that's just such a human um, a mark of being human is being creative in the different ways. So uh, there's that cooperation. You know, we have to learn to work together and work together without you know the social loafing where everybody is kicking in equal amounts and so developing those types of skills and and who emerges as the leader etc um and the final one is metacognition which is you know thinking about how you think and reflecting and revising and considering and so i have them write a a reflection after each project that they complete about why they did it that way how they did it you know um what would they change? What were the strengths, weaknesses, and so on? Um, but but I'm I'm thinking about that, and, and I love it. it. It's just really been amazing, and the students have have absolutely responded. And so I am looking forward to engaging my other classes in this way. I already do AP government that way uh, because Mr. Milner, um, Mr. Jonathan Milner, kind of uh, is my mentor in that area. Some of psychology is that way. But it'll be tricky. It's trickier to do with different, um, you know, levels of kids and different behavioral uh, issues and all that kind of stuff. And so, in the process of my of my revision, my own metacognitive process of looking back on the classes and how I teach, um, I realize that you know feedback has got to play a bigger role, um, both vertically and horizontally. In other words, I, I've got to be able to provide them quick and accurate and and constructive feedback but i also want them to be able to provide me with feedback about what's going on but also each other and you know giving them that agency and the creativity and the cooperation to be able to do those kinds of things um anyway i'm really trying to figure out how to start my classes off in august um with these concepts in mind. And so as I'm thinking about all that and how it will apply, 
to the different classes and different levels of classes, a, a central theme of my reflection and revision of structuring my classes that this way is, is that of attention. And so that's the theme of today's podcast, attention. Now I start thinking about how to get my kids to pay attention. You know, I mean, there's, there's that aspect of it. And, and, and this, in this modern world with, you know, social media and what is, you know, Ted Lasso talks about the, the attention of a goldfish. And it, it really is true. It's, it's seconds for, for these kids and for me too, probably. Um, and so I'm thinking about um, how to get them to, you know, to pay attention. It leads me to think about what's deserving of attention, what's deserving of my attention, what draws my attention, what demands it maybe, and, you know, all the other ways to say that same thing. So it's, it's not random, you know, I don't, I don't operate as an authoritarian. That's not my style. Um, I could demand that they pay attention to me because I'm the teacher and they're the student, but that's, I've never been able to do it that way. Um, I just, that's not what I believe is the, is the best, but uh, my view has always been to honor and value the humanity of my students first and foremost. Um, and so by reflecting on my own humanity in particular, in this instance, what I think attention should be focused on, then that'll filter back down and around, you know, spiral maybe back towards the structuring and restructuring the practice and art of teaching. Um, let's, it's just how I do it. You know, I, I think about teach. That's what I'm doing. I'm planning, you know, even as I'm podcasting, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do in, in August. I, I've been reading Mary Oliver and I finished the book devotions, a uh, collection of poem devotions down. I, I read it when I go down and sit on my rock at the river. And, and I came across this poem called yes, no a week or so ago. And it's probably what led me to consider attention. Honestly, um, at the end of that, though, a uh, poem called Yes, No, she says, imagination is better than a sharp instrument. To pay attention, this is our endless and proper work. So a few things that I think are worthy of our attention. And first one is people. Seems like a good place to start. Admittedly, the, uh, <laughs> the lockdown... And other events over the past several years have kind of led me away from offering my true attention, capital A attention, to maybe as many people as, as I used to. Um, but I like to think that those who I have relationships with, that I still, um, you know, provide them with that type of attention and devotion. Um, but, here, but here's what I mean by giving uh, people your attention. I think about this in terms of my students that there's this balance, you know, there's this, wow, such a delicate balance as, as a teacher, as a human, um, as a leader, as a parent, um, where we want to meet people where they are, but at the same time expect, or I don't know what the word is there. I'm going to say expect, uh, progress, and growth. But that can't be dogmatic, you know, like I, I can't go into a classroom full of kids and just have a mark that they better get to or else, you know, I, I mean, 
I've got this student who walked out, you know, the other day and said some things that she shouldn't have said to me on the way out. And maybe younger me would have responded in kind maybe, or perhaps gotten really upset and, and tried to run her out. But, but I know her situation, you know, it doesn't excuse it. She can't uh, get away with it. She can't, she's got to to learn that that is not the proper way uh, to deal with emotions, to deal with the stresses of life. But, you know, I just mean that you got to pay attention to the daily, you know, to the daily grind of being a human, especially when you're dealing with a 16-year-old kid, 17-year-old kid with issues and in, in family with, oh man, I, like I said, I, it's so heartbreaking to know the background stories of some of the people that are in my classroom. And, and so you got to pay attention to the daily grind, to the humanity. Um, in psychology, we talk about reciprocal determinism. And, and that just is the idea that people have, you know, personal personality traits and that those interact with the environment that you're a part of and that the behavior that you exhibit and all three of those things kind of kind of work off of each other and so day in and day out i mean i'm not always at my best sometimes i'm easily triggered um sometimes i'm not ready to give a hundred percent so if i recognize that about myself somebody who has a relatively stable um situation i don't know it's just about paying attention to people I don't want to leave them where they are. Part of my role as a teacher is to is to help to help move them along, um, to help them experience health and growth. Uh, but but yeah, I, I think about this song called uh, "Blue Sky Blues" by a guy named Ryan Adams, not Brian, but Ryan. Um, and the lyrics are, I can't fight your blues because I know I'll lose what's left of my mind. And I can't win, but for you, I will try. And to me, isn't that at least some aspect of the call of the Christ? Like being willing to lay down my own dogma, to be able to lay down my own view of how things definitely should be and, and see somebody for their humanity. I don't know. I want to pay attention to that. The next one to pay attention to is small victories. And I think it's important to pay attention to those. Sam played uh, this guy from Hickory named Griffin. I call him Griff because we're, you know, we're, we're tight like that. Um, And he played him in singles the other day uh, in a, in a, in a team tournament. And after the first couple games, Sam hadn't won a point yet. And, and, at the beginning, he had said, you know, I just want to win one game off this guy. Because, he, I mean, he was in a different level. I mean, he's just in a different level of tennis. And after getting smoked the first two games, Sam comes over to the fence. He's like, forget a game. I just want to win a point. <laughs> but then he did. You know, he was playing with nothing to lose. And he hit a couple of great shots. And he won a point. And then he won another. And that confidence built in him. He was relishing the very, very small victory of winning a point. And then he won a game and then he won two. He was the first player to break the serve of this kid, Griff, all year long. 
And you know what? He carried those small victories with him to the state tournament. And um, he was hitting shots that maybe when he's tighter, when he's thinking too much, if he's, if he's negative in his thoughts, but he had, he had taken those small victories and, and built upon them. And him and John ended up advancing to the final four farther than anybody um, in Crest tennis history. But anyway, I mean, you know, he was playing Goliath. He was playing a guy that he probably wasn't going to be. And that's how life, like, you know, feels like sometimes. It seems like there's not a chance of winning, per se. <laughs> and, well, per se, there, there isn't. You know, really, we're not going to win. But the small victories are still real. Because I guess I'll, I'll keep hinting at this, as I did last week, but um, you know, finality, I'm not sure that finality is the giant that we perceive. Maybe just like Goliath, um, maybe our small victories over time do overcome. You know, I was at the river, as I am often, and I watched this clump of leaves fall down into the river. And that's something that I love to do in the fall. I love to watch them twirl down and consider all of that kind of stuff. But this one, they were they were fully and brightly green, that fresh spring green. And it occurred to me that, you know, sometimes new and healthy growth can lead to pruning, natural pruning. It And that's got to feel, it does, it feels so frustrating. All this energy to produce these beautiful leaves, this forward momentum, this, this positive movement, only to have my twig snap. And now these bright green leaves in the river floating away. But those small victories that that what might feel like a step forward and then a couple steps back leads to the health of the overall tree. Um, anyway, Sam and, and JP back to tennis, they're always grinding. They never give up on the point. I mean... Even I, I should know better. I've been watching him play for the last six years, and Sam just gets to balls that you don't think he's going to. He's always hustling, diving in defenses, falling all around. And I gave up on the point at the state tournament. It was a tricky place to watch. It was indoor tennis, but I thought, no way. And then I look back up, and the point's still going on, and then we win. We win the point. And that really changed the momentum. Um. So whatever it feels like, whether it feels like you put all this energy into pr- producing this new growth and then your twig snapped, don't give up on the point for all the metaphors. You know, whatever that is for you. It could be sports related. It could be, you know, uh, improving a little bit in the classroom. It could be getting through the day. It could be getting through the day, you know. And so whatever that is for, the, for you, like, Pay attention to those small victories because, you know, once you taste them, once you taste these small victories and learn to train your attention to those occurrences, then it makes persevering all that much easier. The third thing to pay attention to is is what's good. There's a lot of different types of greetings. You know, what's up? How's it going? Hey, how are you? Um, just the head nods, whatever, all kinds of different, hello, um, all those different types of ones. But, but one that I've heard from kids at school in the past several years is, 
instead of saying what's up, it's what's good. And I really do like that because for me, it, it, it makes me consider what, what is good. Um, they don't particularly like it when I start explaining what's good, but, but they think I'm weird anyway. So, but what's good is my fave. And it, it turns out that Robert Persig, I started reading Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance again. Um, and he, he brought this same concept to my attention early on. He asked, what is best? His quote is a question that cuts deeply rather than broadly. A question whose answers tend to move the silt downstream. The stream of our common consciousness seems to be obliterating its own banks, losing its central direction and purpose. And so he says, what is best? And I think that that's important for us to consider, to to pay attention to. You know, Paul in Philippians 4 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So pay attention to the good. I am the uh, mayor of my small town, Boiling Springs, and the other day, the other night, we had a water outage. The, The guys were fixing a leak and they ended up having to shut off a valve that cut it off to a, a pretty large area. And most people responded with patience. We let them know what was going on. I mean, it was, it was bath time, bedtime, you know, on a school night. And so it was frustrating. My water was out as well. Um, but most people responded patiently. We, we, I, I guess I've built up a decent amount of trust uh, with these people. I've known them for 44 years, but you know, they responded with, with humor um, one person, we're commenting back and forth on Facebook and stuff like that. And, um, one person said, well, I didn't really want to do my dishes anyway, you know? And I told her that the town of Boiling Springs was, was, uh, was helping her out and get out of her chores. And she thought that was funny. There were people offering to rent their showers out. You know, there was somebody who said, you know, you know, we're in small Southern town when neighbors are out in the yard hollering, you know, Hey, my water's out. Is your water out? And so that's how most of the people were, were responding, and that's good. It, it made the best of the situation. And those are the kinds of things to pay attention to, the good. But there were detractors, at least one. Oh, you know, just poor planning, and this is terrible, and what about the people who's got, you know, I mean, just always negative, always thinking of a conspiracy of some sort. So what attention should be given, you know, is, is ignoring that part is that the best is that what's good that's my usual practice i usually just let it slide but that night i didn't that you know and and i wonder maybe at some point the good is to push back with a little bit you know gently gently and respectfully and all that as best as possible but maybe sometimes the good is to hold the line But, but because surely you know there are some areas many areas even where we can agree on the good capital g And we could focus our individual and collective attention there. And I think that if we can do that, it makes us all better. But there's no doubt that determining what is good is also a source of real contention. It always has been. There's studies in ethics always. But the word says, seek and you will find. And so I just think if we give our true capital A attention to the good, 
then I believe that we will find it. Not just lip service, not just towing the line of whatever media outlet or political party or or what have you, but but devoting ourselves to the good, paying attention to the good. Well, we are already at 24 minutes, and so this one's going to run a little bit longer than normal, but we're getting close to the home stretch, but now's a good time for halftime. This one's all based on numbers. Um, And so the first question of halftime is, how many degrees of all right, or how many ways are there to say the word all right? I mean, if you think about what that word means, all right, but sometimes we say we're all right and we say it like we aren't, you know, how's it going? All right. You know, or McConaughey, all right, all right, all right. There's that. All right. You know, how many different ways can you say the word all right when somebody says, hey, how are you? And you you reply, I'm all right. How many different levels are there? You know, how many can you think of? But but as you're considering this, you've got to say them out loud. You know, you've got to say how you could respond out loud and then come up with how many you think and, and tell me a number. Um, the second one is singing random syllables. My, my daughter and I drive around often and, uh, listen to music and it could be whatever, Avid Brothers or Jason Isbell or, you know, Fish, whatever, um, music that we've listened to over and over and over. And sometimes I'll get to singing, you know, sometimes I'll get to feeling it. And sometimes I have no idea what the words are, but I'm still singing just, made up syllables that definitely aren't words, but kind of sound like the words. Uh, what's the, the CCR song, you know, there's a bathroom on the right. Um, how many, how many times more or less than twice in every song? Do you just sing out some random syllables that aren't even close to the words because you have no idea what the words are, but you're still feeling it, you know, more or less than twice in every song. And honestly, the third one, I forgot. I had thought about it, what the third one was, but then I didn't write it down, so I forgot what the third one was. Um, Trey Anastasia, the leader of lead singer for Fish, um, guitarist for Fish, he he says that if he doesn't write lyrics down, because if he doesn't remember them, then why would he expect you to? And so maybe that's it, or maybe I'm just getting old. Um, but I'll throw a third one in there just just while I'm thinking about it. How many free throws? The game was on the line. We were down by one point. How many free throws do you think I made and how many think do you think I missed? All right. So degrees of all right, the, the, the different ways you can say all right. How many syllables do you sing? Just randomly jumbled up syllables that don't make any sense. And how many free throws do you think I made and how many do you think I missed? All right, just uh, two more uh, things I think that are worthy of our attention. The The first three was, uh, the first one was people and then small victories and then what's good or what's best. And the fourth one is interesting. It's something that I've really been thinking about for myself, and that is paying attention to what I would call projections. I don't know what you think about Freud and his theories. I'm an AP psych teacher, so I have to to think about these things sometimes, but I do this for my own self-awareness. And 
so that I can better direct my attention you know, to the good things, to the small victories. But do you have things that irk you? I like that word, irk. You know, things that are your pet peeves or things that really bother you. Um, I'm sure you do when you're driving. We all experience some sense of road rage or road anger of some sort. But, uh, you know, is it people chomping on ice? Is it constant clicking sounds? Are all those just the ones that I have? But, uh, you know, look, I, I was going, I was driving down the road the other day and there's this very loud Jeep and it had, you know, the, 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 the MAGA stickers and the Trump stickers and the one where the, the little kid is peeing on Biden and what is it? Biden and the hoe must go, I think is, was one of the stickers, but also the American flag draped cross sticker. And, oh, wow, you know, I really want to consider the humanity of this person. I do want to pay attention to the to that person. Maybe he just wants to be seen and doesn't have other ways of, of communicating. I, I don't know. I do want to consider those kinds of things. But, man, I really, really dislike the brashness, like the, the aggression. I looked over. I, I was looking over at him, and maybe I was making a face. That's very possible. Um. And he, you know, revved up his 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 loud Jeep type car at me, um, and so yeah, I, I that really, really, that really, really does irk me. As a brief aside, I do think it's imperative that we pay attention to our politics. Um, this brashness, aggression, on both sides, um, it's it's very pronounced. Uh, on the right, I think, but there's certainly some combative elements to be found all around. And surely, as Isbel says, there are more of them, there are more of us than them. Uh, and I think that we have to get out and, and vote and reasonable people who are just willing to compromise on issues where compromise can be found, willing to have conversation and not just immediately hate the other side. Anyway, this is not what this one's about. I'll I apologize for <clears throat> for that rabbit trail, um, but the guy, you know, I, I want to think about it. Like I'm, it's the brashness, it's the aggression that bothers me. But I want to reflect on my own penchant for aggression. You know, I beat my horn. I get road rage sometimes. I'm, sometimes my aggression is passive aggressive. But maybe why I dislike, or at least part of why I dislike so much. The guy revving up his Jeep at me is because I don't like that about my about myself. Another thing is 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 the people who can make any conversation about them that tends to to bother me as well. But again, I'm paying attention to my projections. I'm not talking about somebody else here because I'm the guy who posted about five or six different things in two days about things I got for teacher appreciation on on Instagram, you know, and Facebook. Um, it, I was, uh, I'm watching the office for the first time. I know I'm a little late to the party here, but Michael Scott said this the other day. Do I need to be liked? Absolutely not. I like to be liked. I enjoy being liked. I have to be liked, but it's not like this compulsive need to be liked, like my need to be praised. And I was like, Ooh, yeah. Okay. So, you know, I just think it's important to, to pay attention to those things that 
irk us, those things that really kind of tick us off and to do some self-reflection. It's important for me to pay attention to that because it, it helps to keep me grounded. It helps me to, to not get wrapped up in my own self too much um, to where I can then be open to pay attention to other people's humanities. Anyway, I don't know if that one made much sense, but I hope so. Lastly, what I think is worth paying attention to is what's next. Um, it, back to tennis, I, and, and now that it's over, maybe that'll not figure in as much if you're not a tennis fan, but Sam and, and JP, his partner, they made it to the Final Four, and then they played the state, the, the eventual state champions, a team from Carborough, and they lost. They lost 6-0, and that was it. That was the end. That was the end of the season. And, you know, we go over there and we, we slap hands of like, wow, that was crazy. You know, what a run. We talk about those things for a few seconds. And then almost immediately, Sam and his buddy Luke took the car during the break. There was a break before the championship match came up. And they went to play it against sports in Raleigh so that they could get disc golf discs. They had, they had moved on to what's next. and during that same time period while they were gone, um, the other two guys from the, from the tennis team that were there, uh, Jonathan, uh, Sam's partner and Eli, uh, were out hitting and practicing and just messing around. And Sydney, my daughter who plays tennis and she'll be a 10th grader next year. And Isaac, who will be a rising eighth grader who also plays tennis. They went out and started hitting. And I was just like, well, I guess they're up next. And that's both that it's their turn to play tennis next. Like, their seasons will be coming up even though Sam's is over. But even more than that, I mean, by paying attention to what's next, like that, that was the moment, you know, I, my, my counselor and dear friend, um, when I, when I was going through some tough stuff this past summer, one of the first questions he asked me is where are you and what time is it? And the answers are here. And now this is where I am right here and right now. And so when I say what's next, paying attention to what's next, I don't mean somewhere distant in the future. I just mean this kind of life that we live, this seamless life. Um, we call it the present, I guess. By the way, counseling is a beautiful thing, and I hope that all of you can take advantage of it, um, whether you think you need it or not. Um, you know, people ask me about why or what I'm thinking about when I'm listening to a fish song that, that goes on for 20 minutes or dark star by the grateful dead or something like that. And that's just it. I'm, I just get lost in the moment, just in, and whatever note is next and whatever groove happens or, or, or sometimes when it's dissonant, and wherever that takes me, I guess that's why I like the music so much. And look, that's a struggle for me. You know, being here, being now, it's a struggle for me to pay attention to what's next, to this seamless life we live. But I do get those tastes, those small victories. Like when I get lost in the flow of the beauty of the river or a starry night, you know, or I hear my kids singing harmony or I hear my youngest boy giggle when Dwight Schrute, you know, wants to grind up the chalk and blow it in the security guard's eye. And he, he giggles and he can't stop. Those kinds of things. You, you know what I'm talking about. Those times where everything else stops mattering and it's just that moment is the most beautiful thing of all. You know. 
I mean, of course, what's next isn't always positive. My dad is is battling cancer and he's dealing with treatments and his next treatment got delayed because the supply is running low. And so that pushes back PET scans, which is really how you know if the treatments are working. And, you know, he's just got a, a real lack of energy. And so what's next or can, can seem very final. But I, I guess I think as we focus our attention on people and their humanity, when we are attentive to the small victories, attentive to the good, when we revise and reform our own self-awareness, we can learn to let go of the negative feelings we have towards ourselves and towards each other. Then what's next is... Uh, okay, one more story. Let me tell you about my favorite Christmas sign ever, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, I, it was two Christmases ago, maybe. I'm not sure uh, about time anymore, but I was going by the lot, and somebody had crafted a sign that was supposed to say believe, but they left out the second E, and so it says be live, and I had to have it. And I went back, I went home, and I went back over the lot, and I said, can I get this one? And you know, look, it doesn't actually say believe. So can I get it for a little bit of a discount? And then I tell the, the woman, but look, I'll pay you the full 20 if, if, if you think so. And she's like, oh yeah, I'll take the full 20. I'm like, okay, that's great. And I, ha- we, we hang the, the be live sign up outside of our door. It's on our front porch all year long. And because it reminds us to pay attention to what's next, to be here, to be now, to be live. Um, the Avett brothers are one of our family musical choices. Often we've seen them in concert on New Year's a few times at Red Rocks once. One of my favorite songs by them is a song called Ill With Want. And to me, this sums up what I mean by paying attention. One of the one of the verses says, temporary is my time. Ain't nothing on this world that's mine except the will I found to carry on. Free is not your right to choose. It's answering what's asked of you to give the love you find until it's gone. So thanks for sticking with me up to almost the 40 minute mark here for episode six. I hope this episode was not too jumbled up and that you can glean a little bit from it. Let me know what you think on Instagram at DT underscore madness. Um, I'll post some of the questions up there and, and I love that you guys respond to the polls. That makes me glad. You can email me at churchofsix at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, leave a comment or, or rate the podcast on Spotify or Podbean or Apple Podcasts. But this episode was brought to you by the Church of Six, by the Bucket of Life, and by the Foundation Tower of Stone. Peace, my friends. Peace.